In this episode, we are discussing retrogrades and finishing up chatting about eclipses from the previous episode. We talk all about the infamous retrograde energy, what you can do to be better prepared, and what planet is in retrograde and when. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, Jamie, let's talk about retrogrades. Okay. (laughs) So we talked about eclipses last week. If you didn't listen to that, make sure you listen to that one after this episode, because these kind of these two events in astrology really they go together for me. Yeah, and there's the same sort of dramatic response a lot of people have to them where it, it doesn't have to be fear-inducing for both of them. Absolutely correct. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's also like a few things you can do that will dramatically increase and like improve your experience during certain retrogrades. Right. Okay. Um, When people freak out that something's in retrograde, I always kind of giggle because I'm like, there's always something in retrograde. 100% of the time, something's in retrograde. Right. Exactly. So don't panic. Well, let's, let's start by talking about what a retrograde actually is, what that means. Right. Can we just start by saying, can I just be petty? Yes. I love when you're petty. (laughs) Just say that it's not, Mercury is not in retrograde. Oh, yes. Mercury's retrograde. Retrograde. There's no in. It's the it's the movement. Yes, it, it's sort of when they I I do say Mercury in retrograde. Sometimes people say it. That is, you're right. It's actually not correct. It's not in anything. It hasn't like entered something else. That right. It's yeah. just the movement of it. So you just say Mercury is retrograde. Right. Retrograde isn't a place. Correct. <laughs> it, it is a state of mind. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it certainly can be. Maybe we're in retrograde. (laughs) All right. So what happens with retrograde is that the planets go into retrograde. Okay. And they, what happens when they go into retrograde is that they appear to suddenly stop and then spin in reverse. Right. That's not actually what's happening. Exactly. But our ancient ancestors thought that's what was happening because, well, they didn't have telescopes and stuff. And like, how would they know that? They were just watching the sky from where they were. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe they did have, they probably did have telescopes, but they couldn't see exactly what was happening. They couldn't see the whole galaxy and what was happening. Right, exactly. Okay. So it's an optical illusion. So it does appear that planets sort of stop in in their orbit and then start spinning the other way. But that isn't actually what happens. What does happen? (laughs) What happens is that when, so we're us and the other planets and moons and all the things in our universe and our galaxy, right? We're all spinning around the sun. Yes. So we're all orbiting around the sun and we're all at different rates. Like I think of it as like, sort of like a track, like, you know, when you run on track and field, there's the different lanes you can be in and like the outside lanes take a little longer to go around and the inside ones go a little faster. Yep. We're all on our own path, all the different planets going at our own different speeds. Right. So a retrograde is sort of like, if you, if we use that running analogy, see, I'm still doing analogies, still analogy time. It's analogy season. It is. (laughs) It's like if you were running and you suddenly passed someone or they suddenly passed you and you would have like a different viewpoint of it. Right. It also makes me think of, you know, that feeling, Jay, when maybe this only happens to me and I'm just confessing it to everyone on the podcast, but when you're in your car and you're parked. I knew you were going to say this. I know (laughs) what you mean. I was waiting for you to say this. The car next to you reverses and you panic for a minute because you think you're going forward. Right. You slam on the brakes. Yes. It's the same kind of optical illusion. Yes, exactly. You just won analogy season. <laughs> I won. I yes. just stop analogies now because I can't get better than that one. It's over. <laughs> okay. So what's happening with the planets is that as we're orbiting the sun, these other planets are like along for the ride with us. And like, let's take, right. take Mercury, for example. Maybe Mercury is ahead of us in that in the truck around the sun. And suddenly what happens is we get like even with it and then it goes behind us. And so it appears different because there's an optical illusion that occurs with that. Right. So 
it's not spinning in a different direction, but the energy of it is now it's different in the way that it hits us because for the most part, and, and the, I'll explain it with the different planets, but for the most part, most planets are direct the majority of the time, which means right. this is the position they're normally in. And then when one of us passes the other, that's when we say a retrograde and it just shifts the way the energy of that planet affects the, the earth and the people and beings on it. Right. And so when Mercury, when that shift happens, Mercury is retrograde. And then when that period's over, they say Mercury is now gone direct. Exactly. Exactly. You'll also hear people talk about shadow periods, which is like the, the week around when it goes direct, right before it goes direct and right before it goes into retrograde. So you, you'll hear that too. Um, I don't read much into shadow periods, to be honest with you. I don't think you should worry too much about them. But if Pay attention enough that like if the shadow periods of the retrogrades are the parts where you get your ass kicked the most, then just note it. That's usually me, actually. I usually feel the most like coming up on a, on retrograde. So perfect to know, okay, the shadow, when is the shadow? Because that's probably going to be when the stuff surfaces for me. Right. That's what you need to know. But the shadow energy is not necessarily way different than the retrograde energy. No. Right. It's just sort of the transitioning time. Exactly. And so it's, I just want to make it extra clear. It's the energetic pull that is different. Yes. So think of, think of how energy works. Think of like gravity and like how we get into different, you know, fields, whatever. You can go down that rabbit hole if you want to. But when we now change positions, that changes. And when it goes back, we say direct. And when it changes, we say retrograde. That's all it is. All right. Let's talk about the planets and the retrogrades. Okay. Okay. I want to give you a pro, I'm going to give you a bunch of pro tips, but I want to give you one pro tip before we go into this totally. And Jay, as we go in the planets that are in retrograde while we're recording, I'm going to ask you this. So be ready. I am on it. (laughs) If you know what your natal chart is, and we did a whole episode on this. So go back and listen, we tell you how to like get free ways of finding it and app we love, go check all of that out. But if you know, so let's, let's take Mercury, for example, you say, okay, it's Mercury, Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. It's retrograding right now in Gemini. And if you are in, in your chart, if Mercury is in Gemini, then this is a retrograde that is most likely going to be more dramatic for you than right. the ones that are not the same as the the one that you're in, like the house right. that you're in. Yes. It's so easy to know this. Just have it on your phone, save it somewhere, write it down, make a chart. I don't care what you do. But if mm-hmm. you know, okay, I heard, just heard on social media that Mercury's in retrograde what sign is it retrograding in? And is that the, the sign that my, in my chart, Mercury is in? Good right. to know. Right. Additionally, people constantly panic about retrogrades, especially Mercury, but they don't actually do that thing I'm telling you to do to check the sign it's in. Because what sign it's in is going to give you a hint as to what part of your life is going to get a little topsy-turvy. Right. Or they, they don't even look at what mercury is or what it does or what it affects. They just panic. Just full out panic. So I got a lot of awesome info from an astrologer named Amy Tripp. So I just wanted to shout her out. I got some of this from her and some from other sources, but her stuff was really great and I hadn't heard of her before. So Um, let's talk about mercury first. Now at the time of recording this, mercury is currently in no, at the time of recording this, Mercury is about to go in retrograde. It's shadow. Right. It goes into retrograde in 2021 on May 31st. Yes. So the day that, no, a week before this podcast comes out, right? Okay. Right. So Mercury retrogrades three times a year for about three weeks. Yes. Another reason not to get your panties too much in a bunch about it. Because it happens all the time. You can't You can't spend that much of your life panicking. Exactly. You cannot. Please don't do that. And retrogrades, much like we talked about in eclipses, are times of change and it's a super helpful thing. Most I would I correct me if you find this wrong, Jay. 
the majority of the time retrogrades bring inconveniences. Yes, they do. Not tragedy. Like people panic as if everything is going to fall apart. All the electronics are going to suddenly catch on fire. Like they really, really panic. And I want to tell you that you're going to have some retrogrades that are worse than others. But for the most part, retrograde is going to bring inconvenience to you at the worst. Right. I mean, if you are, I I know that there are actual companies, you know, like companies that exist out in muggle patriarchy world that back up all their data according to the Mercury retrograde schedule. And this is like what we talked about in our other episodes that like these big investors secretly use astrologers, like these big firms also use astrology to know when to back their shit up about Mercury. So is it traumatic if you lose, like if I as a photographer lost every single picture on my laptop? Yes, that would be traumatic. But is that easily, you know, manageable? Can I prepare for that? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And chances are that's not what's going to happen in a retrograde. Chances are you're going to lose 20 pictures, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like that people blow it out of proportion. Or you're going to be like sending text messages with weird tones and not realize it because it's all about communication. Exactly. Let's talk about what Mercury retrograde is about. So Mercury rules communication, travel, electronics, and electricity, different things, Um, technology. Mm -hmm. So those are the main, it rules other things too, but those are the main things that it rules. So people will ask me all the time, should I not travel during Mercury retrograde? No, you can totally travel during Mercury retrograde, but put in your mind that there's a much higher likelihood that you're going to have a delay, that you're going to forget something. So like be extra prepared that during retrograde travel is not as smooth as it would normally be. Right. Like make sure you have your passport before you leave the house. Plan to check. Make sure you show up at the airport an hour early instead of a half an hour. Like this little adjustments like that are going to save the day with Mercury. Bring extra snacks because it's a good chance your plane's going to be delayed. Like, yeah, preparing is going to really help you. The other thing people ask me all the time in a Mercury retrograde is, should I not sign a big contract? Because that's like a popular meme. Yes, it is. No, read it five times. Exactly, exactly. Read it extra times. Hire an attorney to check it for you. Exactly right. So you can still do these things, but sort of similar to what we talked about in the eclipse episode, it's just that the conditions are a little bit rougher for what you're doing. I always watch my tone during Mercury retrograde. Always. Like in a text message, in an email, when I'm talking to people, that's where I find Mercury makes me feistier. Like I'm already sort of easily misunderstood. So I, so during Mercury, I make sure that I'm being like very clear and, and thoughtful about what I'm saying. Exactly. So helpful because you know, people are going to just take it wrong. That happens all the time in Mercury retrograde. And I also try to do the same thing in reverse. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing something someone says and it feels like a little off. I'm like, wait, it's Mercury retrograde. Let me clarify with them. And let me me keep that in my mind. Yeah. I use lots of emojis when I'm texting during Mercury. So I'm like (laughs) laughing face. I'm not yelling at you. (laughs) I think I do that all the time anyways, to make sure people know that I'm, I, cause I can be like, I have two texting modes. You know, this it's either like just straight to the point, the thing I'm saying, or a five page like book. I'm talking about. So sometimes I'm afraid people are going to think the quick thing because I'm probably doing something else and just wanted to send it is like fighting words. Yes. It isn't. It's just that. So I'll put like a flower, two hearts and a mermaid or something. (laughs) The mermaid really smooths things over. (laughs) You can't be mad at a mermaid. (laughs) You're a jerk if you are. (laughs) I actually, I just saw on TikTok that there's this whole like generational divide on texting with the dot, dot, dots. What? Yeah. Okay. So our generation and above, when we (sighs) dot, 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 we are just creating a pause in what we're talking about. Yes. 
the generation that is like our children's generation, the younger generation, they think we all want to kill them if we put dot, dot, dots. Oh, yes. That is, I can confirm that with my teenager. Yes. Fighting words. Yeah. Like you're like, you're like, "Mm -hmm, I'll wait. Exactly. And so it's this funny thing where, where this is like this cultural or not cultural, generational misalignment about it. So I'm just telling you during Mercury retrograde, if you're using the dot, dot, dots, think about what generation you're texting. (laughs) Pro tip. Pro Pro Mercury texting tip. (laughs) So here are the days that Mercury goes. Here's the dates for the retrogrades for 2021. Okay. January 31st to February 21st. Already crushed it. We already did that one. We all survived. Yep. May 31st to June 23rd. Here we are. Here we are. And September 27th to October 19th is the last one. Perfect. Again, a retrograde isn't just the universe punishing you. It isn't just, oh, bummer, the energy's terrible. It's a time where, this is how I think of it. It's as if you walk around your life, we all do this, and we see everything from this one perspective. Mm-hmm. We do everything like in this in these same pathways. When a planet is retrograding, that gets disrupted, and you start seeing things in a in a different perspective. You see more, I think, and the yeah. pathways you use before don't work, so you have to create different ones. So it's this really amazing time to get like all of this awareness of the things in your life that maybe need a little flow or that you're just kind of coasting with that you need to like really look at. Agreed. And that's true for every retrograde. Yes. So if you're having a Mercury retrograde where everything is blowing up. Right. And everything is going crazy. And let's say it's all in communicating. Like every time you send a text or an email, people think that your tone is different than you intended. Right. Instead of, I mean, definitely be mad and irritating. That's so frustrating. But then go, what am I, what do I need to look at about the way I communicate? Right. Exactly. Everything's an opportunity to get back into alignment. Exactly. Okay. Can I add in a little bit of a rant here? Oh, I love a Jamie rant. Please do. Insert rant here. (laughs) I have to tell people that she just pulled her hair back into a ponytail so it's like going to be a real serious rant because her hair has to be back for said rant. It's you also just, pulled like your sweatshirt, like a monk robe across you at the, and you're doing pray hands with your hand, hair in like a weird bun. So it's not looking at me. The visual is so, I want you guys to know it. Like she's getting real serious. She either does this or takes off layers. And I think she's too early. So she's wrapping it like she's a monk. All right, let's go. I'm ready for the rant. I'm done making fun of you. This isn't that, it's not that huge of a rant. I just, I really think we need to check ourselves in this sort of extreme reaction that we have about things in life in general. Um, And you know me, I love, I'm obviously ranting right now. I love an extreme reaction. (laughs) But it's like, reminds me, reminds me of something my father used to say, which was like everything in moderation, right? Like, so it's helpful to know about retrogrades and eclipse seasons, like from last episode, you know, they're very similar. It's helpful to know about these things, but it's not something that you should work yourself up into this big frenzy over. Cause then you have to sit and think, well, what about every other human that's living their life and they don't know about it? (laughs) Like they're just existing, you know, not knowing about retrogrades or thinking they're stupid and they're being affected by all this stuff. So like, you're not backing up their files, Jay. Right. So like, (laughs) is it helpful to know about this stuff? Absolutely. Like you could make your life so much easier and less turbulent if you know about eclipses and retrogrades and you could just make things simpler, but you also should not be letting it completely blow up your life and unravel your entire communication system and like stop you from buying a new microwave. It's, <laughs> it doesn't have to be you're completely ignorant or it's ruining your life. I like that the big purchase you went to was a microwave in that rant. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree. Think of it this way. You just have more information than right. other people about what energetically is coming at you. Right. And use that information to help you not to make you paranoid. Exactly right. It's like when people have an absolute breakdown about the weather and it's like, well, 
you can't. That's you can't how it is. about it. Yeah, like, it's a weird thing to put all of your frustrations into. You can't control that, right? Because it because then you're the victim of the weather. Yeah, and like nature knows what to do. So I'm right. sure if you think it's raining too much, but Mother Nature doesn't give an absolute f what you think about that about your Memorial Day party, right? Because that's happening this weekend. There's going to be a lot of ruined picnics. Well, at the time of this coming out, it was like last weekend. But absolutely. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I thought that today. I'm like, oh, darn. And then I'm like, eh, this really. Not so about it. Take so it off the list. Take the info, but don't let it ruin you either. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So this Mercury retrograde occurs in Gemini. So that means the energy, the Gemini energy. So that's think all the things. Geminis want to have you know a little bit about 1 million things or deep dive on 20 things in a week. That's Gemini energy. So the when I remember I was telling you that I've been feeling scattered, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for a Gemini retrograde. Now, so if you know Mercury is going to be in Gemini when it retrogrades, you're going to go be careful not to spread yourself too thin and get too many things going and feel scattered because that's going to be this kind of energy, right? Exactly. You don't have to panic. No. Definitely back up your files, but don't also, also don't panic. Right. It's just information that you can use to help you. Yeah. If you can, instead of purchasing your house during retrograde, if it's easy for you to move it to after, then do that for your own peace of mind if you want. But you don't have to. You can right. just go... Let's make sure we read everything a thousand times. And I double check the time I'm supposed to be places one million times. Like just take that into consideration. Right. Exactly. All right. So now also, if you know what your Gemini sign is, it's going to help you. So Jay, what is your, what's Gemini in, in your chart? Um, Gemini is my Mars. I'm sorry, Mercury. What is Mercury? in? So Mercury is, uh, mine is ruled by Leo. Okay. So think of how that Leo energy you can read in your chart. Give us, give us a couple words about Leo in Mercury. So this says, you know, we use the sanctuary app that we, Mm -hmm. we talked about. Um, It says Mercury and Leo is bursting with creativity, never afraid to speak their mind, red flags, red flags, and generous (laughs) spirit to those around them. Mercury and Leo can be as ferocious in their pursuit of justice. Right. Okay. So what you're going to do now, and everyone at home can do the same thing. Yes. Take that. That's how you operate when it comes to Mercury, when it comes to communication and all of that stuff. And you go, it's retrograding and it's Gemini. So where in, in that description, where might I get scattered? What might occur? What am I most likely to fall into? And then even if you can't predict it, just keep it in your brain. So as you're going through it, you can be like, oh, maybe I I tend to get fiery and communicating about stuff. I'm going to be extra careful and extra aware when I'm there. Like, that's how you want to approach it. When I read that, I hear in my head, watch your words. Exactly. exactly. It doesn't mean don't speak. It doesn't mean shut up. It just means just watch your words. Just watch what you're saying, how you're saying it. Because Mercury being retrograde is just going to make, especially in Gemini, like you said, it's going to make it fly all over the place, potentially. Exactly right. Okay, so my Mercury is in Taurus. I have a lot of Taurus. <laughs> if you listen to natal charts, you know I am very Taurusy. So Mercury in Taurus, the way that, that that affects like communication and that kind of stuff is that I tend to be very practical and methodical in the way that I communicate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about that Gemini sort of all the things energy. I could very easily overwhelm myself trying to perfectly execute each communication right. method. Like that's it's I'm set up for that to be the issue. So it's just knowing and kind of rolling with it. Like it, it's again, it's not a death sentence. It's like, right. Oh, let me be aware that this could come up. You know, right. it's also sometimes so Taurus energy is very grounded, right? So right. Gemini energy is not grounded. So chances are a lot of why I'm feeling scattered is that energy is so polar opposite and so different that it's pulling me out of that normal grounded state. So I just need to do a few extra things to be grounded. No panics. Exactly. Okay. Anything else you want to say about Mercury retrograde before we move on? 
No, just keep your cool. Keep sending the Freddie Mercury memes. I approve of those. What's that meme? But don't let it ruin your life. And yell at Mercury all you want. I do. Yeah. Mm. This is an old reference, but for people who watch Seinfeld, do you remember when Newman would come to the door and Jerry would be like, Newman in that like voice? <laughs> the entire time Mercury's in retrograde, I say Mercury like Newman. Exactly. It makes you feel better to be like, oh, I get why this is happening. But then as long as you don't let it, as long as you don't become the victim of it, it's a good place to be like, damn it, Mercury. And But then you move on and, and, and you don't beat yourself up about it. You just keep going. Exactly. And blame everything you do wrong on it. Like if I drop something which has nothing to do with Mercury retrograde, I'm like, oh, Mercury, that's why I dropped it. Like whatever, just blame it. Use it. Use right. It. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Venus. Yes. So Venus retrogrades every 18 months and it stays in retrograde for six weeks. Okay. What Venus rules is love and beauty. Mm. So it's really about like relationships and how you present yourself both in relationships and out of that. So when Venus is in retrograde, you want to be careful of like being reckless with your love. However, if it's in a relationship or not, um, and then any sort of spur of the moment, dramatic appearance changes. This is when everyone like dramatically changes their hair. Yes. Right. Yes. The colors it blue. If you, especially if you are a hairdresser, beware. Yes. Here's, I'm just going to give you a, a rule. I don't, I can't enforce it, but I'm just going to say what I think it should be. Bangs should not be allowed to be cut during <laughs> Venus retrograde. You can cut them after or before, but don't cut bangs during Venus retrograde. Exactly. All right. Um, Venus retro will be in retrograde from December 19th to January 29th. Okay. There you go. So where around the holidays, that's what's going on. Interesting. Yeah. And that's always around the time it retrogrades. Um, or I guess there's kind of like two times at retrograde. So that's not like crazy uncommon. Um, but should you look out for like, maybe don't shave your head for Christmas and also don't put yourself in a situation in your relationship. Like, you know, what would be a great idea if we have everyone we've ever met over to our house for Christmas. Right. Or think about how you're like feeling loved when you're spending time with your family that you may have issues with. Exactly right. Boom. There you go. Okay. And it's retrograding. Right. Going to be a little, a little kooky. A little little kooky. Yeah. Just be ready. That's all. Write yourself a note right now that says don't cut bangs between December 19th and January 29th. And you'll be okay. Exactly. You can re-dye your hair a different color. Maybe don't chop it all off. Right. But the bangs is something that is such a commitment. It really is. Okay. We'll be right back after this short break. You guys have heard our ad for Restoration Coffee. So we thought we'd do a quick Restoration Coffee Real Talk or Resto Real Talk. What do you think, Jay? Well, I mean, I love Real Talks. (laughs) <laughs> I love restoration coffee. So this is really like where I, where I live. Yeah. It, it's, it's a good lane for us. <laughs> this is my lane. <laughs> well, the first thing that I love about resto that I think everyone needs to know here in Massachusetts, where we live, there are a ton of coffee shops, but there aren't actually a ton of great coffee shops. So is a great coffee shop. The baristas know what they're doing. They know what they're making. They understand the science of it. They're not just like pushing buttons and coffees dumping out. They're really making excellent high quality coffee. They are. They're the best. So good. And then the beyond the baristas and what you're getting, you can also get the beans. Yes. And oh my God, it's the best coffee, don't you think? Yeah. And like they're roasted themselves. Resto roasts their own beans. They're ethically sourced. 
They're not dunked in syrup or whatever happens to make like crazy flavors. Like they're really great, high quality, high end beans that you're getting. And you don't even have to be from around here to get them. You can order them from wherever and they'll ship them to you. And then the other thing I realized after going there so much was that a lot of places offer vegan or gluten-free or dairy-free stuff. And whenever I see it, I'm always like, Mm, I don't know if I want that. Suspicious. When I go to Resto, a lot of the times I order things and they're already gluten-free and dairy-free and I don't know it and they're delicious. Like they're just so good. It's so good. Even if you don't have a reason for needing to not have that stuff, have it. It's delicious and you'll feel great after you eat it. Yeah. So it's like this magical blend of taking care of people that need certain dietary help, but also making it really delicious too. Exactly. All right. I'm sold. Let's go. Let's go to Resto. Let's move on to Mars. Okay. Mars retrogrades every 26 months for 55 to 80 days. Okay. There is no Mars retrograde in 2021. Oh, okay. So Mars rules action, passion, drive. I, I always think of like work when I think of Mars. Right. Um, and so during a retrograde in Mars, you want to be careful because some of the things that you might have had all this motivation towards doing, you suddenly don't have any and people have like a little bit of a crisis over it a lot. Yeah. But it's it just means that if that happens, it just means that that project or whatever just needs a little shift or change. Right. Gotcha. Um, it's also a time when, when Mars is in retrograde, you're actually supposed to rest to manifest. Oh, I like that. Mars is all about taking action and going for things, right? So when you when you rest, you don't think of that as being how you pull stuff in, but actually resting and allowing is a very powerful manifesting tool. So during that time, you're supposed to be manifesting by resting and like taking good care of yourself. I like that. I know. I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, Jupiter. Mm -hmm. retrogrades once a year for 120 days. So that's like approximately four months. Yeah. That's a long one. Yeah. Not one you should get really worried about because Jupiter is often retrograding Mm -hmm. every year, four months, quarter of the year. Right. This is about your beliefs, your moral code and your inner self. Okay. So a retrograde like is a time to like reevaluate and reflect on those things. Gotcha. I'd like to bring up a little interesting point about this. What? I see a lot of people fall apart in in Jupiter Jupiter retrogrades, Mm -hmm. and they all have something very similar going on. What? They feel as though morality and what you believe and like your 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 like the the standard by which you live and see the world they believe that that's not super changeable oh really so a lot of people that i see struggle at this time are people who are brought up in like strict religions or anything where your beliefs are kind of dictated to you and it's like, these are the parameters for how to be a good person, or this is how you should feel. This is the moral compass you should have. During a Jupiter retrograde, people who have been in doctrine to that, even if they're working to let it go, they tend to struggle a lot more. Mm, shakes it up for them. It does. Yeah. That, no, that's not the only one. Like if you're having trouble shifting and like dealing with the fact that some of your beliefs might be condition they're not actually what you believe or that maybe you've just had a lot of growth and you see the world differently then it's going to feel rough right but for people who love that who love the process of evolution i would put you and i in that like growing learning seeing things from a different perspective jupiter retrogrades feel freaking fantastic yeah i was gonna say i like that i look forward to jupiter retrograde energy it feels really good for me that's not everyone's story but if you're someone who like self-development is something that makes you excited, you probably enjoy Jupiter retrograde. Right, because you're looking for that change. Exactly. So Jupiter goes retrograde June 21st to October 18th. Nice. So it's coming up. Summer. Yeah, summer Jupiter retrograde. Yeah. I think it also makes sense with what's going on in the world. I can see that. I agree. All right, let's talk about Saturn. Okay. 
Saturn, um, once a year, it goes retrograde. And it's it's retrograde for 140 days. So approximately four and a half months. Yeah. Saturn is about discipline, long-term progress. You have to be very careful in a Saturn retrograde of the things that you, they're like the responsibilities and the things that you keep putting down the bottom of your to-do list that you don't actually check off. Okay. Think taxes. (laughs) Right. Gotcha. During a retrograde, the stuff that you're avoiding doing that you need to do is going to come right to the surface. (laughs) Those are the times that make me nervous, like that bubbling up energy. Yes. So you want to be careful of also making a big career change during a Saturn retrograde. Um, And then you also want to like look at the long-term commitments you have in your life. Uh, especially professionally, and then anything that has like structure. Okay. Look at that stuff during a retrograde. And if something's getting a little wonky, it's a sign that it needs your attention. Gotcha. Saturn is currently in retrograde as we're recording this. Okay. So it's May 23rd to October 11th is Saturn retrograde. Nice. nice. It is retrograding in Aquarius. So how would that affect it? So I think of Aquarius as like the ultimate 60s hippie. Same. So you're taking all of your like long-term, like responsible structure to-do list kind of things. And it's shifting into a place of like in Aquarius, think, think revolution and like change. So that's a, that's a tough one for Saturn because it's like, all this change and revolution and and moving into the structures that probably bring you a lot of security. Right. So it can feel a little bumpy for sure. Yeah. I bet you're going to want to refer to your own chart to see what you have going on in Saturn. Exactly. So my Saturn is Scorpio. (laughs) Nice. I love Scorpio. So that actually helps balance out this retrograde pretty well. So if you think of, you think of like, um, Saturn in, in Scorpio, I think of it more as like kind of allowing like the, the things you're not seeing to surface. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So I think when it comes into Aquarius and it's like kind of revolution, I think there's probably that bit of resistance for me into like what's comfortable, but mm-hmm. that I can ride that Scorpio energy into like helping me sort of see the dark places, embrace those things I didn't see before and make the shifts. Right. Yep. All right. How about for you? What is your Saturn in? My Saturn is in Virgo. Oh, okay. So I would, I actually think that's, that's a pretty balanced sign as well to bring to the Aquarius energy. Yeah. So I would, I would just look and go look in your chart guys and say, what is mine in it? How can I use the energy of mine to help me through what could be bumpy for me. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Uranus. We talked about this in the natal charts and I I giggle every time I say it, even if it's Uranus or if it's Uranus, you're either saying anus or urine. And it's so the energy of that planet, go back and listen to natal charts. You'll understand. (laughs) (laughs) It retrogrades once a year for 148 days. Oh, long ones. Uranus is all about shock value, rebellion, inner revolution, personal freedom. Think of it that way. Like, how do I, how do I want to free myself from the system, from the man, right? (laughs) We're giggling to each other about that. Okay. This retrogrades August 20th to January 19th. Okay. So what is, what is that in retrograde or that retrograding look like? So <laughs> that's a good question. Because I love my, my Uranus, like uh, mine's in Scorpio and I love that for me. It's, per- it's perfect for me. I love that for you. I love that journey for me. Yeah. That was very Alexis of you. Um, yeah. I, so I look at it this way, all of the ways that you do, you normally sort of use your like Uranus energy of, of revolution and change and finding your own freedom and independence the ways that you typically do that aren't going to really work. Right. So you're going to have this like time where 
oh, there's a different method I have to use. I have to shift differently and it's going to bring it in. So it's that same, like you can't use the old path that's really worn and good. You got to use the one where you got to like jump over branches and stuff. Right. Gotcha. That's how I see it. Okay. All right. Neptune. Mm-hmm. All right. This is once a year at retrogrades for 150 days. Wow. Not something to panic about. Right. Um, Neptune is about dreams, imagination, and creativity, and visioning. What do you want? Pulling it in. That's very Neptune. Yep. It also doesn't like – it likes to be an enigma. It doesn't like to be solid or abstract. Think about Neptune. It's like – I don't know. It, it's not interested in that, right? Yeah. Like, right. Way out there. <laughs> yep. So it retrogrades from June 26th to December 2nd. Okay. So again, the way the means you use for creativity and stuff um, to, to dream, like all of that stuff will just shift and become a little different. I wouldn't, I don't think those retrogrades feel bad. I think you just start using different tools during them. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last but not least, we have Pluto. Okay. Pluto retrogrades once a year for about five to six months. So Pluto is half the time direct, half the time retrograde. Right. Again, not something to panic about, but it rules, right, it rules large scale transformation, rebirth, death, and how you use power to manifest. It's even more of an enigma than Neptune. It doesn't care to be put in a box. It doesn't care if you call it a planet, a dwarf planet or not a planet. It couldn't care less. Right. Um, that's Pluto energy. Pluto is currently in retrograde. Gotcha. It retrograde. It went into it went retrograde see i almost said in retrograde it went retrograde april 28th and will it will stay till october 7th okay so the way that you cycle through your life and transform goes one way half of the year and another way the other half of the year it's it's so the way that Pluto, like its energy hits us. I, I don't even kind of notice, like, I know that right. sounds like a bad thing to say about astrology, but it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We're in the retrograde. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I think that that speaks to how humans are just by nature is that we're always cycling and moving and changing. And I don't think that a lot of them feel like shocks to our system because, you know, on a cellular level, we're used to those changes exactly we're designed for them yeah it's just trying to live in this society that wants us to do the same thing every day nine to five forever that's where you start to bump up and feel resistance because that's not what we're used to doing yeah your cyclical nature starts fighting back right it doesn't feel good to have to do that all the time you're not used to it yeah no it's not how it's supposed to go uh pluto is retrograding in capricorn Mm -hmm. so which is interesting because Capricorn is like, it's all about rules, rules, regulations, formulas, structure. And it's, it's retrograding in that. And Pluto is like the opposite of structure. So chances are the ways that you're transforming and shifting and changing feel a little wonky and maybe out of your control right now. I think we're feeling that societally with, um, all these mask mandates changing and restrictions being lowered for all this, the pandemic stuff. I think that, um, I think we're feeling that resistance. I agree with you. So my Pluto's in Libra for me. What's it in for you? Um, Pluto is also in Libra for me. Oh, I forgot that our outer planets were like all the same. So Pluto and Libra is like, um, he actually likes structure. Right. So the Capricorn energy in there for us is not going to feel terribly different. Right. We may actually have a little trouble creating our structure because it's just, you know, when something's just off, it's not, it's not totally different. It's a little tweak to the left that Mm -hmm. that can come in. So again, look at your chart, see what it says and compare it and see what's going on. Right. Yeah. All right. I thought we would end I would give you a few, I have three just random ancient culture facts that have to do with eclipses and retrogrades and astrology just in general. Okay. Just to kind of wrap up our little two-part series. What do you think? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. 
So the first one in Chinese culture back in the day, our ancient relatives thought that the eclipse was a beast. And I saw it described as a dragon in some places. And I saw it described as a dog in other places Mm -hmm. um, would eat the sun. Nice. So that's what was happening. So the Chinese word for eclipse is she S H I, which literally means to eat. I love, I love anecdotes like this stories like this from different cultures. I, I love it. Yes. And what the Chinese would do would go out, they would go out and they would bang drums, mm-hmm. chase away the beast from being able to eat the moon or the sun, depending on the eclipse. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So if you felt the need to go like bang drums during any of the eclipses, cool. Scream at the sky. Yes. I feel that. I feel that urge for other reasons. <laughs> All right. Now I have a Viking fact for you. Okay. This also has to do with eating of the moon and the sun. Huh. Isn't this interesting? Okay. Yeah. So there's a legend of, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing these right. I couldn't find them pronounced somewhere. I did find them, but they were pronounced differently both places. So, but it's the legend of Haiti and skull. So H A T I is Haiti and skull is S K O L L. Yep. Okay. So these are two wolves and they would eat the celestial bodies during the eclipses. Wow. So Haiti or Hattie um, would eat the sun and skull the moon. So when one caught its prey, the light would go out. So they would also make these really loud noises as well to Hmm. try to alert the prey to the predator coming for it. Oh, I got it. They also believed that Ragnarok, which is their word for eclipse, which also if you like the Marvel movies like I do, there's a Thor movie. Yeah, okay, names that. Um, They believed that that eclipse, that that apocalypse would occur when both the – both wolves, which are the Hadean skull or the yep. wolf, they would both successfully eat their prey. Boom. End of the world. Wow. Uh, and my last fun fact, um, it has to do with the Inuits. Okay. So the Inuits, just to clarify, are indigenous people of Greenland, Alaska, and the Arctic. Okay. So they believe that the moon God, which was named Anagin, and that there was a sun goddess named Melina. Okay. Now, Anakin, I, I want to just point out before I explain this, something that I thought was interesting. The moon is a, is a god, so masculine, and the sun is a goddess, so feminine in this, in this story. And that's typically right. not the way you see it. Right, exactly. Very interesting. Flipped. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, so Anakin chased Melina. So the moon god chased the sun goddess after they got into a fight. As he kept pursuing her, he forgot to eat and lost a ton of weight. Oh, okay. So this I see. Is symbolizing the waning moon. Yes. He's right. Waning away. Right. Yes. And he disappears completely when he stops to eat to regain some strength. Gotcha. That's the new moon. Wow. During a solar eclipse, Anakin finally catches Melina. That's so cool. Isn't that so fun? It is. It's so great. And it's like, it's really interesting to think about how thousands of years ago, how people were making sense of the world. I love it. I saw some like interesting criticism of some of these stories. Um, and you can find more of this. I, there's a lot of cool stuff on history.com. You can look up um, if you're interested, but I saw a lot of people commenting stuff like how stupid and silly. And I, I want to clarify, first of all, that no, none of these ancient cultures thought that's what was actually happening. Right. These are the way that we pass culture down. This is the way that we weren't writing stuff and passing it down. And, you know, no. if we were passing it, it was in a patriarchal society where there was all this control over who was writing history and how. So right. we passed this knowledge and these things down with stories, you know, instead of, sitting on the couch at night and watching TV, we would sit around a fire together and tell stories. And this is how we did that. So now we sit around and watch stories, right? Like it's it's that same human nature thing. So it's like, instead of, you know, I watched the friends reunion last night. This is the timing of this. Like I was so excited about it. Like a lot of people did. And then you're going to go out and talk to people about it. 
instead of like having a big thing like that, you would tell these big stories like this that were like so important and represented stuff culturally and like kind of gave you some evidence as to how to align with the energy yourself. It, it wasn't like they actually thought that the sun and the moon were wolves. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. And there wasn't actually school where you would sit down for eight hours a day and learn things at a desk. You learn things through storytelling. You learned your own history through through actual action and being with your family and hearing them tell stories. Yes. So superior to have like it's it's so gross to have that superiority. Yeah. It, it's it's weird to me. It's like you're yeah. missing it. You're totally missing it. Now, I think we should do an episode at some point on fairy tales. Yes. But fairy tales are stories that are disguising information to be passed on. Right. I hear so many people like hating on when they hear the original story of Sleeping Beauty because it's so dark. Right. And I'm always like, it is the secret way women were warning each other. Warning, right. Tory men, like right. you're just not seeing it. You're missing, you're missing the like nuance behind it or the meaning and the symbolism behind stuff like this. And you're looking at it through the, the lens of your own life and through current day society, you're not thinking about it from the perspective of when it was written and when it was told and what was happening in the world, not just in the story, but what was happening in the world. Exactly. Like Sleeping Beauty is very dark, but it's yeah. a complete warning about how to be aware of men. And it, and it is about consent. It is about like the right to ha- give birth or, or make that choice. Right. So many things are packed into that story to teach young girls secretly in a right. society about those things. So if you're hearing it and you're just disturbed, I'm just asking you to like look deeper. And it's the same with these kinds of stories. They were passing on cultural information to help you um, keep yourself safe and align with the, the energy of what was going on. Right. Agreed. Which is kind of what we're trying to do in these two podcast episodes, Jay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just pass two, which is secretly passing on information, not so secretly through a podcast because now we're allowed to talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I got. Anything you want to add friend? No, I love all of that. Okay, fun. So it's Mercury retrograde while, when you're hearing this. So don't panic if you haven't backed up your stuff. Just go back it up now. Go back it up now and just send a couple extra emojis in your text and you'll be fine. Yeah, and don't do the dot, dot, dots unless it's someone in your same generation. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, I'll talk to you later, Jay. All right, bye. Bye. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Mm-hmm.